Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Charts with Dan. This is the holiday edition where we look at the numbers from this past holiday weekend as we went into Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, the day after Christmas, usually the busiest time of the year for movie theaters, but it wasn't really that way this year. We're going to talk about all the movies and the numbers that we do know. I will say that even though some of this stuff is going back almost a week, we still don't have final numbers from, for example, Warner Brothers, the movie that dominated the holiday box office. So we are using, in many cases, the dreaded estimates. And I apologize for that, but it was either wait for those numbers or get the show out. And I wanted to do the show because I like to do charts. So I'm going to give you the numbers as I know them right now and I'll probably go back and clarify those numbers and maybe give you the final ones once we actually get them. And before we jump into that, I also want to talk about a really exciting new feature that we're adding to this show and also to the channel for 2024. And that is something called the Mint Mobile Hotline. I'm teaming up with Mint Mobile in order to have you ask your questions here on the air. So we're going to integrate this into charts and probably some sort of a weekly news type show that I'm going to do right here. But I want to start doing that next week as we head into the new year. So this is the number. Write it down, put it in your phones, do whatever you want to do to the Mint Mobile hotline. It is plus one if you're dialing from outside the United States, 323-863-3311, 323-863-3311. You can call the Mint Mobile hotline. I'm not manning it live. You can leave a voicemail. Maybe I'll man it live sometimes, who knows? And I will hopefully answer your question here on the show. So starting next week, you can look forward to the Mint Mobile hotline here on Charts and elsewhere on the channel. But let's jump right now into the box office for last week and the holiday weekend. And we'll start off with what are the official three-day numbers for December 22nd through the 24th, which is usually a bit of a depressed time as far as box office attendance. Uh, but that's not supposed to stretch into the entire holiday week, which it kind of did this year. So first of all, here are the three-day numbers for the 22nd through the 24th. As I noted, the stuff from Warner Brothers, still estimates. I guess they're taking an extended holiday break. Aquaman Man in the Lost Kingdom opens to an official number of $27.7 million. We'll see how that stacks up against the rest of the DCEU, but it continues to be disappointment for comic book movies in 2023. It has been a disastrous year for most comic book movies, and really for DC and Marvel alike. In second place was Wonka, which brought in just over $18 million for the three-day weekend. That was a 54% drop from the weekend before. Migration debuted in third place with $12.4 million. This was also an all-time low number for Illumination. So it's not just Marvel or DC. It seems like every single major division of every single major studio had a down year. We saw really low, all-time low grosses for DreamWorks. We now have an all-time low opening for Illumination with Migration and some all-time low grosses for Marvel, some really bad stuff for DC. It's not just the comic book movies. All across the board, we're seeing some pretty bad numbers in several different divisions. In fourth place for the three-day weekend was Anyone But You, which debuted to $6 million, followed by Salar Part 1 Ceasefire, which brought in $5.48 million in limited release. This is from Prashant Neal, who directed KGF Chapter 1 and KGF Chapter 2. It's a film from India, a Telugu-language action film. And the second film, which hasn't yet entered production, seems like it will be following in the footsteps of a successful first film. Sixth place for the three-day weekend was The Iron Claw, which debuted at just under $5 million, followed by The Boy and the Heron, which brought in $3.15 million to get its domestic gross over $30 million. 
Then we have The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes in its six-week of release at just over $3 million. It has now broached the $150 million domestic barrier. Godzilla Minus One stays in the top 10. It dropped 46% with a $2.74 million total. It's now over $40 million domestically. And then we have another film from India, Donkey, a Hindi-language film centered around immigration. It brought in $2.6 million over the weekend for a $4.6 million total. A lot of new movies in the top 10 means that we had a lot of dropouts as well. Trolls Band Together dropped out of the top 10 after five weeks. Wish and Napoleon both out of the top 10 after four weeks. Renaissance, a film by Beyonce, out of the top 10 after three weeks. And then after just one week each, Christmas with the Chosen, Holy Night, and Poor Things drop out of the top 10. Christmas with the Chosen because it was a limited time engagement. Poor Things is still a limited release film, so no surprise there that it would drop out in favor of many more wide release films and some popular limited release films from India. Looking at the movies that lost the most theaters going into the holiday weekend, Napoleon lost over half of its remaining theaters, almost 1,600 to remain in wide release barely in 1,002 theaters. Trolls Band Together lost about half of its theaters. It lost 1,518. It remains in 1,639. Wish lost almost half of its theaters. It shed 1,360 theaters. It's now in 1,740. Renaissance got rid of the majority of its theaters, 1,326 gone. It remained in 397. And then Silent Night, which really never really got started at the box office, ironically dropped 969 theaters going into the very Christmas weekend that it celebrates. It remains in just 203 theaters. And when we look at what I like to call the road to recovery, this is more like a road to disaster. This has been such an up and down year. You see the dotted black line. That's this year's weekend totals versus the average for 2021 and 2022 in red. And then the average for 2015 through 2019, the five years preceding the pandemic in blue. And you can see even in the depressed 2021-2022, years, we still had big spikes in that second to last weekend of the year. That's because that's when Spider-Man No Way Home came out. We had Avatar The Way of Water out last year. This year, nothing even close to the drawing power of either of those films, and obviously not close to the drawing power of movies like The Force Awakens back in 2015. And so we are at less than half of where we have been, not just pre-pandemic, but since theaters reopened after the pandemic. This was a very, very bad holiday weekend at the box office by just about any standard, even if you're grading on the curve for the pandemic. It was still a very bad weekend, and while we have movies that are winners in the sense that they are making enough money, we don't really have any runaway massive success stories. Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts. Looking back to last weekend internationally, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom opened to $80.1 million in all markets outside of the U.S. and Canada, followed by Solar Part 1 Ceasefire at $33.5 million. Then we had Wonka at $33.2 million, Donkey at $20.23 million, and then China's Endless Journey at $15 million. 
When you take those international numbers, combine them with the domestic grosses, or at least the estimates that we have domestically for the 22nd through the 24th, we get our top five films worldwide. Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom led the way. It was able to at least open to over $100 million worldwide at $108.2 million, followed by Wonka, which dropped 45% from the previous weekend at another $50.9 million. Salar Part 1 Ceasefire opens to just over $39 million worldwide, followed by Dunkey at $22.9 million, and Migration at 20.2 million dollars looking at the per theater averages for the 22nd through the 24th it was led by all of us strangers which is generating some late awards buzz for andrew scott we'll see if he can make it into the oscar race he's made it into several other races that brought in twenty nine thousand four hundred ninety one dollars in each of its four theaters then we have memory which is a drama starring peter sarsgaard and jessica chastain that premiered at the venice film festival and won sarsgaard the festival prize for best actor that brought in $18,178 in each of its two theaters. The Zone of Interest expanded to six theaters and brought in $13,789 per theater, followed by American Fiction, bringing in $10,730 per theater in each of its 40 theaters. And then Freud's Last Session, starring Anthony Hopkins and Matthew Good in a hypothetical fictionalized portrayal of a therapy session between Sigmund Freud and C.S. Lewis, $9,118 per theater in each of its five theaters. No wide releases, even during the holiday season or the run-up to it, making it into the per-theater average list for the 22nd through 24th. These were the top films in limited release for the 22nd through 24th. Salar Part 1 Ceasefire played in 796 theaters and brought in just over $5.4 million. Donkey played in 686 theaters and brought in $2.6 million. Then we had Poor Things, which expanded to 800 theaters and brought in $2.11 million. Then American Fiction in 40 theaters, bringing in $429,000 and All of Us Strangers in just four theaters, bringing in $117,965. And when we look at the top 10 grocers in limited release this year, this is all ticket sales beginning January 1st. Poor Things is now a top 10 limited release grocer for the year at $6.599 million. It enters the list at number seven. That bumps a man called Otto, Rocky Alrani, and the holdovers down one spot each. Bottoms now drops out of the top 10. The top six movies remain the same. So let's look at these opening weekend numbers closely first, and let's look at Aquaman, which is the last film in the DC Extended Universe. It was not a good performance, not just in the opening weekend, which I mentioned would probably be a little depressed by the fact that the box office was the 22nd through the 24th. It didn't really recover that much following that on Christmas Day and the day after Christmas, but it did at least avoid being the lowest opening film in the DCEU. When we look at the DCEU by opening weekend, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom had the 12th highest opening weekend, so it was able to beat the openings of The Suicide Squad, this year's Blue Beetle, and then Wonder Woman 1984. Of course, Wonder Woman 1984 and The Suicide Squad both had pandemic-related concerns regarding home streaming. Blue Beetle was not a sequel, and Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom barely beat all of those movies, except for Wonder Woman 1984, which was in a very limited number of theaters. But still, it's not the lowest opening ever, and this is really where we are. We're celebrating the fact that Aquaman 2 didn't have the lowest opening ever in the DCEU. 
That's not something we can say about migration. It did have the lowest opening in Illuminations history in the year where it also had the biggest opening weekend in its history. You can see there $12.453 million comes in below the opening of Sing 2, which was the previous lowest opening film. And we've even had movies that opened in this window before that still opened higher than Migration. So just not a lot of interest for people to go see that movie on opening weekend, a little bit of accelerated interest over the holiday season. And let's start looking at that. Most of these numbers or many of them are estimates. And then there are some movies that haven't even yet reported grosses for Christmas Day or the day after Christmas, which we're also going to look at. So this is really the best I can give you based on the information that I have at hand. For example, Solar and Donkey have not released U.S. grosses for either of these days. So they very well may be in this top 10, but I just don't have that information. So these are the early numbers for what I have so far for the four-day weekend. So this is the 22nd through the 25th, Christmas Day, which is a big movie-going day, especially Christmas night. Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom led the way at $38.3 million, followed by Wonka at $28 million. That brings its total up to $85.5 million. The Color Purple opened to $18.15 million. We'll see how that looks as far as Christmas Day openings in just a moment. Migration is at number four at $17.8 million for the four-day weekend. Anyone But You is at $8 million, or just over $8 million for the four-day weekend. Then we have the Iron Claw at $6.799 million. The Boys in the Boat, which opened on Christmas Day, was good enough based on just that one-day gross for number seven at $5.714 million. Then we had The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes at number eight with just over $4 million. The Boy and the Heron at number nine at $3.5 million. And then Godzilla Minus One in 10th place at $3.36 million. And I mentioned the color purple. It actually had a very strong opening day gross on Christmas. It dropped about 60% the day after Christmas, but there was a lot of pre-sale, a lot of group sale for that first day, and it was actually the second best opening day for a Christmas Day opener ever. Sherlock Holmes back in 2009 posted the best opening day for a movie that opened on Christmas Day at $24.6 million back in 2009. Then we have The Color Purple this year at $18.15 million, which just beat out 2012's Les Miserables. Then 2015's Daddy's Home at $15.7 million, and 2014's Unbroken at $15.43 million. Again, these are movies whose opening days were on Christmas Day proper. There are other movies like Star Wars The Force Awakens that had much bigger bigger grosses on Christmas Day, but these are Christmas Day openers. Of course, Christmas Day has been around for a long time, so I decided to look at these numbers when you adjust for inflation, and Sherlock Holmes remains on top at $35.2 million back in 2009. Les Miserables moves up to number two at $24.2 million adjusted for inflation, followed by Marley and Me. What did you get for Christmas? Emotional trauma, $20.5 million back in 2008. Then we had Daddy's Home back in 2015 at $20.35 million. Then another movie from 2012. That was a big year for movie going. Django Unchained at just over $20 million on its Christmas Day opening. Let's take a look now at the five-day early numbers, and these are even earlier early numbers than the other ones. So this is the 22nd through the 26th, the day after Christmas, also a big movie-going day, also the day where we have the least amount of information as far as final data. Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom continues to lead all movies at $46.6 million. Wonka actually was the highest-grossing movie for December 26th. It was number one, taking over from Aquaman, and we'll see if that trend continues going into the weekend. 
Its total over the five-day weekend was $36.95 million, bringing it close to $100 million domestically. The color purple's two-day total, basically, for the 25th and the 26th was $25.15 million. That's enough to put it in third place. Migration is at number four with $24.33 million. Then Anyone But You at $10.6 million. The Boys in the Boat, based off of just its grosses from the 25th and the 26th, was good for sixth place at $8.72 million, just beating out the Iron Claw, which falls down to seventh at $8.5 million. Ferrari, which you did not see as far as its opening day on Christmas, is at number eight, again, minus grosses from a lot of other movies that might bump it out of the top 10 at $4.4 million. Regardless, that movie was budgeted at reportedly around $100 million. So that's a very low gross for Ferrari. Godzilla minus one is in ninth place. We didn't have any reported grosses for The Boy and the Heron, nor were there reported numbers for The Hunger Games for the 26th, but its four-day gross was enough to put it at number 10 for the five-day weekend. Again, I will lose back and get much more accurate numbers once those numbers are reported. I can't do anything with numbers that I don't have. Looking at the 2023 fall holiday box office, only one holiday movie really has made this list so far, and that's Wonka, which is at number four. It enters the list at number four. That bumps Trolls Band Together down to number five, The Nun 2 down to number six, The Marvels down to number seven, Killers of the Flower Moon down to number eight, The Exorcist Believer to number nine, and Paw Patrol the Mighty Movie down to number 10. No film that opened in the Christmas window could manage even $65.2 million over the Christmas holiday weekend. That is not a great sign. Taylor Swift, The Eras Tour, The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, and Five Nights at Freddy's remain the top three films at the fall holiday box office. And let's break down the performance of a couple of different movies, starting with Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. It is a very boring ending for the DCEU. This is not going to be a financial success, even though it was the number one movie over the holiday weekend because it costs so much and because generally number one at this holiday weekend box office isn't really something to write home about. When you look at the performance of the first Aquaman film versus this Aquaman film, you can see that 2018's Aquaman opened nearly $20 million higher on its opening day, and that gap has really only widened through five days of release, and they weren't the exact same five in the release cycle, so we will continue to track this over time, but through five days of release, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom has made $46.6 million at the equivalent time period in Aquaman's release. It was already over $100 million, and it did exceedingly well over that holiday box office season. We'll see what the Lost Kingdom does, but this does not appear like it's going to be some sort of bolt out of the blue success for the DCEU. Of course, it hasn't been out that long, so it's no surprise that it is the lowest grossing film domestically in the DCEU so far. It will soon pass Wonder Woman 1984, The Suicide Squad, Shazam! Fury of the Gods, and Blue Beetle, and then we'll see as it gets up to Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of Harley Quinn if it can break that $100 million mark. There doesn't seem to be a lot of enthusiasm, but if it can even beat The Flash, I guess that would be somewhat of a moral victory for the this final Aquaman film and this final DCEU film. Looking at the DCEU by domestic adjusted gross, it's got about another $8 million to go if it wants to beat Wonder Woman 1984, but it has about the same benchmarks as far as success for beating The Flash, etc. And then looking at the DCEU by worldwide gross, it will soon pass the worldwide gross of Blue Beetle and Shazam! Fury of the Gods. So it's going to at least have bragging rights against some of the other DC films of 2023. And if it could also just about double its current worldwide gross, 
Then it could start competing with The Flash to become the highest grossing DCEU film of 2023. But again, that's not really saying much. And it's not going to even get close to the original Aquaman, which made $1.14 billion just five years ago. It is going to make a fraction of that amount worldwide. And when we look at Aquaman's potential future as far as making a profit in the theatrical window, the budget for this film was reportedly around $205 million. Yeah, it's another one of those. Reported ad spend was around $100 million, which is pretty cheap for a movie of its size, but it didn't even have a premiere. So I have the movie down at a cost of $305 million to Warner Brothers. When we look at what it's brought over so far, about $6.8 million of the Chinese gross is going back to the studio and investors. About 40% of the international gross thus far also going back to the investors so that's about 19.9 million and then about 27.9 million of its 46 million dollar domestic gross is going back to the studio so i have it currently right now at a worldwide gross of 126.8 million dollars because that is so heavily weighted currently towards chinese and international grosses it's only netting by my estimations about 54.7 million dollars out of that 126.8 million putting that up against the 305 million dollar cost for the making and promotion of the film i have aquaman and the lost kingdom right now short about 250 million dollars to make a profit in the theatrical window so i don't think it's going to be profitable i don't think it's going to be close to profitable right now it's about mitigating the damage and really so much of that story will be written in the next week or so as we see how it does domestically and also worldwide i don't want to let migration off the hook here either because like i said it's not just about comic book films when we look at the highest grossing films for Illumination, Migration right now is at about $24.3 million. Could it be the first Illumination film that does not break the $100 million mark domestically? It's possible, although family films generally do tend to leg out very well over the holiday season. So it's not unheard of that Migration could get to that $100 million mark, but it is going to be probably either the least successful or next to least successful film in the history of Illumination Entertainment. And looking at Illumination by Worldwide Gross, right now it's at less than $50 million. It would have to get close to $200 million to beat Hop and get up to that number 13 spot. And I don't think it really has much of a chance of getting to the Lorax short of some kind of a Puss in Boots The Last Wish run, which again is always possible. I just don't see any indications of that right now. So Migration, yet another film this year in a series of films across studios and divisions that are hugely disappointing based on the success of the previous films. And really what it translates to is people just aren't going to the movies this holiday season. They're doing other things. They're watching stuff at home. I don't know what they're doing, but they're certainly not buying a lot of tickets to see movies. The one movie that I mentioned that you could pull out as a potential success story for the holiday season is Wonka. And we looked last week at the highest grosses for films that were based on Roald Dahl books or characters. Domestically, Wonka now moves to second place on that list at $95.45 million. It's at just about half of what Charlie and the Chocolate Factory made unadjusted for inflation. Worldwide, Wonka is also in second place. It's now at $272 million worldwide. That puts it above the BFG, but still far behind Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, which made $475.8 million. Also, thank you to an eagle-eyed viewer last week who noticed that Matilda the Musical, while it was not released theatrically domestically, did get a worldwide theatrical release, and thus was entitled to the fifth spot on the highest-grossing worldwide films based on Roald Dahl books or characters. So thank you to that viewer for pointing that out. 
very eagle-eyed. And looking at Wonka's profitability outlook, again, this is just outlook in the theatrical window. This does not count ancillary markets. It does have a path, I think. Right now, it's at $272 million worldwide. I'm estimating about $2.67 million from its Chinese run, about $66.2 million from its international run. And then based on what Wonka has made thus far domestically, I'm bringing in around another $55 million. When you put that up against a budget of $125 million, I'm going to give it advertising of another $100 million. This is a very well-advertised movie. That puts the cost of Wonka at about $225 million. It's a $272 million gross. I'm estimating a net at about $123.7 million. When you put that up against the cost of the film at $225 million, I have Wonka at about $101 million away from profitability in the theatrical window. It does seem to be showing some strength at the box office. As I mentioned, it took over the number one spot at the box office for December 26th. We'll see how it does the 27th through the New Year's holiday and then into January where there's a lot less competition. I think that based on its strength worldwide and domestically, we could very well see Wonka either break even theatrically or get close to breaking even theatrically. Certainly a lot closer than many other movies that we've seen. And I would say that it is a successful film, but not a runaway success. And that's sort of how I feel about a lot of the movies, not just this holiday season, but this year. We've seen very few runaway successes like Oppenheimer and Barbie and the Super Mario Brothers movie. And we've seen many more movies that are successful. They do well. They break even theatrically, which is certainly what you want to do, but not necessarily above and beyond what a studio might expect. I think Wonka is going to fall under that category. Probably good enough to get a sequel if they want to make a sequel, but not one of these movies that just sets the world on fire at Christmas. Your Star Wars movies, your Avatar films, uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, movies like that. We're not seeing a success story in that vein this Christmas season. And quite honestly, the box office needed a movie that could do that well. That was maybe what Aquaman could have been two, three, or four years ago. It certainly was back in 2018 when it made over a billion dollars, but we are a long way away from 2018. And this version of Aquaman is not going to be able to even approximate the performance of that first film. So that wraps up my look at the first few days of the holiday season box office wise. Before we go, as always, I like to take a look at a weekend from box office history, and we're going to go back to December 22nd to the 24th. So the same box office window as far as the days of the week that we just saw. We're going to go back to the year 2000. In the year 2000, anybody else watch Conan? The 51st weekend of the year, which saw the debut of Castaway on December 22nd, 2000, and brought in $28.8 million just over that three-day stretch, which again is a pretty depressed stretch as far as box office attendance. What Women Want came in second place that weekend at $15.88 million for a domestic running total at $64.4 million. What a time to be Helen Hunt. She was in the number one and number two movies at the box office over the Christmas break in 2000. And third place was How the Grinch Stole Christmas in its sixth week of release, still going strong at $12.2 million for a domestic total running at that time of $232.6 million. The Family Man, starring Nicolas Cage and Taylor Leone, is in fourth place. It opened to $10.5 million, and Miss Congeniality opened to just over $10 million. It had better holiday legs. Despite opening basically where The Family Man did, it outgrossed The Family Man at $106.8 million versus The Family Man's $75.79 
million. Of course, the year 2000 was a very long time ago, so what I like to do is adjust those numbers for inflation to see what they would look like in today's dollars. And when we do that, we see that Castaway opens to the equivalent of $51.5 million dollars December 22nd through the 24th in the year 2000 with the full holiday ahead of it. Its final domestic total was around $416.5 million adjusted for inflation. What women want was at $28.3 million adjusted. Its final domestic total was $325.9 million. It had great holiday legs. How the Grinch Stole Christmas was at $21.8 million adjusted for inflation in its sixth week. Its adjusted domestic total was $464.9 million. The Family Man debuted to $18.8 million adjusted for a $135.14 million final total. And Miss Congeniality opened to $17.9 million adjusted for inflation for a $190.4 million total. And theater owners would kill to see these numbers again. A top five at $18 million and above, all of them with domestic grosses at $135 plus million. We are not in those days now, and it's becoming very clear we may never find those days again absent some massive readjustment of the theatrical market and the streaming marketplace. It just doesn't seem like the business is going to improve to the degree that we see here, where you have multiple movies bringing big crowds out. It looks like it's going to be one or two movies out there bringing in big crowds maybe, certainly not this year, and then a bunch of other movies fighting for scraps. And that wraps it up for this week's Charts with Dan. I'll be back next week with a look at the final holiday numbers as well as a look at 2023 overall and how the box office business and the theatrical business did over the years. Some winners, some losers for the year, although those numbers are pretty easy to figure out. and We've been talking about them all year, but really just a goodbye to 2023 and a hello to 2024. Thank you so much for watching me here on the channel. Don't forget about that Mint Mobile hotline, which we're going to start rolling out next week. That number again, plus one, three, two, three, 863-3311. You can ask me box office questions for this show. You can ask me general questions uh, for other shows that I'm doing here on the channel. I'd love to hear what you have to say, and I'd love to answer the questions that you're asking. And of course, stay tuned right here on the channel. Later this week, I've got my best and worst list for 2023. I also have a preview of 2024, plus anything else I decide to do. I appreciate you spending part of your day right here with me. Until next time, stay safe, and I'll see you then. Bye.